Shobha Tarur Srinivasan is a children's author, poet, translator, editor, and voiceover talent. She is also a former non-profit development professional who spent two decades as an advocate and fundraiser for persons with disabilities. She has published children's books in India and the United States, including A Pie Surprise and Other Stories, the award-winning Indie Alphabet, and How Many Lines in a Limerick. Her next release, slated to hit the stands in April 2021, is called Prince with a Paintbrush, the story of Raja Ravi Varma. Today, we speak to Shobha on poetry as a form of expression and simplifying art and history for children by examining her upcoming book on Raja Ravi Varma. Welcome, Shobha. I'm so excited to have your podcast for us today. Thank you so much, Archana, and thank you for this warm introduction. And yeah. I want to start, actually, first to talk to you about poetry as a form of expression. And I'm going to digress and, and tell you something I discovered. March 21st is World mm. Poetry Day. Such an appropriate and wonderful day to start this conversation together. And as far, you know, obviously, poetry is clearly resonating, not just in your mind and mine, but all over the place. And in April, in America, it's, it's a very big month because it's National Poetry Month. And so, you know, for some Someone like me who loves writing and reading poetry, it's really great to have this opportunity to speak to you about something close to my heart. I want to talk a little bit again, as I said, about poetry as a form of expression before we get to Raja Ravi Varma, because as you know, I've written poems and I had a recent book about poetry. So there's this Robert Frost line that says, poetry begins as a lump in the throat, which in itself suggests and that it begs expression. So clearly poetry is a form of expression from that perspective. And poets must write poetry because thoughts must be expressed. There's also the other oft-quoted line from Wallace Stevens that the poet is the priest of the invisible, suggesting that the poet gives words and voice to deeper truths. And it's the opening lines of one of William Blake's notable poems, The Auguries of Innocence. And I think when you and I have chatted casually, I've quoted this line. It's one of my favorites. It's He essentially says what the poet aspires to is to see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wild flower. Hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. So to me, what these lines means is that poetry gives us an opportunity opportunity to show the simple aspects of life and describe the little moments in our day in more expansive and expressive ways. Writing poetry helps us get out our feelings and thoughts on a subject, and reading poetry encourages us to connect and find meaning in our experiences. And it's with that sort of understanding that my latest book, How Many Lines in a Limerick, Poetic Forms and Literary Terms for Kids of All Ages, was written. It's a technical book on one level because the poem describes a variety of poetic forms like acrostic, haiku, sonnet, villanelle, and I do it in their actual form. And if you'll indulge me, uh, Archana, I'd like to show you by reading a poem called Sonnet in Iambic Pentameter, how I describe the form of the sonnet. But the purpose of reading this poem is that even though I use the iambic pentameter, I use the octave and the sestet, it's in 14 lines, I then give an example poem, which is an opportunity for children to express themselves because this is written from a children's perspective. It's written, it's fun, it's whimsical. Anyway, let me not talk about it. I'm going to read you the first poem and 
the second. It'll, it won't take you very long. It's pretty short. Let's um, go for it. Thank you so much. The first one is called Sonnet in Iambic Pentameter. The sonnet is just a simple poem. Its length is predetermined at the start. Fourteen lines in total, not a long tome. The octaves eight, the sestet six apart. The first eight lines may rhyme quite easily. The next six lines may change repeatedly. Though the meter can vary, I'll show you. Some sonnets have five long beats through and through. Milton, Dante, and the great bard as well, with thoughtful words of life and death did tell. This form they used to express sentiment. They spoke of love and war and merriment. The sonnet is an interesting find. Just 14 lines to speak what's on your mind. Oh, Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so pleased. So so the entire book, which is why I hope somebody will go and pick up this book. I mean, I would be happy if they do after, after hearing it, is actually I show you nine different poetic forms in the form of the poem. And then I give you the fun poem. So here's the fun poem, which is an example poem. It's also an iambic pentameter. It's also 14 lines, but it's called When Mummy Was Away. Let's listen to this one. Yes, I think you like it. I, I love it. It's one of my favorite. And the illustrator has done such a sweet job of this poem. I, every time I read it, it makes me smile. Told me on this. I'm just going to go buy the book now. But let's You're listen to you first. I packed my own lunch when mummy was out with sweets and treats since she wasn't about. Took out the salad, threw carrots away, put in some cookies, a packet of Lay's. Filled up my thermos with sweet seven up, joyfully dreaming of fizz in my cup. Pulled out my sandwich, added some cake. This was a great lunch. I made no mistake. But something went very wrong with my plan. You don't want to look in the garbage can. Through recess, I lay on the ground in pain. I'll never try packing my lunch again. All that sugar gave me a tummy ache. Junk food for lunch is a major mistake. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. You're a sweetheart to say that. Um, really, so, really you know, something that every kid should read. Thank you. And, and you know, the book is full of these kind of poems. And essentially, we'll get to that. But what I was trying to do is that poetry is really allowing us a new way to think about something. Mm. But, and it gives us, of course, in the case of rhyming poetry, the music and rhyme scheme to allow us to express those thoughts in a way that they can sing on the page. But there's also unrhymed poetry. And, you know, this book will talk about all of that as well. There's, mm -hmm. you know, we can do acrostics where the only convention you really have to follow is that if you're talking about homework, for instance, as a poem, which I have in my book, you'll start H, the first line starts with H, the second line starts with O, the third line starts with M. Mm. And at the end of your spelling of the word homework, you've understood what homework is, but it's an well, acrostic okay. poem. So, you know, we have all these fun ways of doing things. And this book encourages children to express themselves. So here we are, we've talked about poetry and expression. I hope I've sort of in a rather roundabout way, but I hope I've answered your question, Arjuna. You have. And I think you did it brilliantly. And I must say, it's no wonder you're such a brilliant voiceover talent. You've Thank just you. enthralled me with the way you, uh, you know, recited this so beautifully with that lovely lilt of voice. And, you know, it's very engaging when you actually listen to someone recite poetry like this. And that itself, I think, is a huge talent. So next time we have you on our podcast, we're going to do just a recitation episode. We'll just have to read how many lines in a limerick and market that. Perfect. <laughs> 
perfect. It'll be if great. We, if the audience is children, but you know, I've done so many voiceover projects no, in which I've done poetry and all of that. So not just for children, you know. We've Absolutely. all disconnected so much from literature and from poetry. I think it's great for even someone of my age, your age, to just reconnect with that inner child in us and enjoy Absolutely. something as simple and clean and nice as poetry. So thank you so well, much for answering that first question so eloquently. I will now move on to the second question in this episode. In the course of your research, especially of the younger segment of the reading market, how important is it for writers to focus their creative attention on subjects like art and history? That's a great question. Obviously, I mean, I can't really speak about other writers because they have mm-hmm. their own interest and niche that they respond to. Uh, but it's a great question and it definitely informs my creativity. Mm-hmm. So as a diasporic Indian American Archana, you know, with my heart, both in the country of my birth and in the country that I've raised my children and made a life in, mm-hmm. I find that my, you know, I probably have a pedagogical mindset. I just do. <laughs> I respond to what I see as unmet areas when I think of new subjects for writing. So for instance, just to go back a little bit, you know, I had a volunteer experience teaching poetry to elementary school children a few years back. And I discovered at that time that many children are daunted and intimidated by the structure, the meter of poetic forms. It's the way you hear some children are afraid of, you know, mathematics because they think things are abstract. You know, again, I'm not speaking as a blanket generalization, but it does happen. There's a suggestion that poetry could be too rigid or specific. So what we did in that those volunteer sessions is we did some really fun writing exercises and I shared different poetic forms with them. And, you know, we played with words, we basically suggested that, you know, poetry can be about anything and it can be done in different ways. And they all came away at the end of the day with not just the feeling that they'd created poetry, but they'd actually written poems they could take home to share and that anybody can do it and it can be done. And of course, because I'm, I mean, with the voiceover, you know, not just my professional talent, but also that interest, I do believe, and I grew up, you know, in India in schools where those things were important. We did elocution, we did recitation. Yes. A lot of it, as you said, is going out by the backside as they they say it's just gone. Nobody's doing yeah. that anymore. So it's very, very important to focus on these things. And the Limerick book is really a poetry reader that makes poetry accessible and interesting to young readers. It gives them tools so that, you know, there's no more fears. Uh, the Raja Ravi Varma book essentially came out of my desire to remind readers of the treasure trove of creativity in art or literature or science or history that's existed in India. I'm very fortunate as a voice talent, for instance, that I have had an opportunity to voice one wonderful stories about all sorts of interesting things. I, I can talk about that later, but I know your question was specifically about Raja Ravi Varma. Yes. Uh, the book was prompted because every time I spoke to people or I read books in India or here, there were so many, whether it's Indian American children in America, Indian children in India, and I have access to so many. I have very young cousins who have young children, etc. No, school children in India are able to recognize a print of Monet's Water Lilies yes. or Van Gogh's The Starry Night or Da Vinci's Mona Lisa. Why school children? Even many adults do. And yes, some of us, you know, who my grandmother's house in Kerala had prints of Ravi Verma, those lithographic prints are all over their Kalyanara, which is, you know, the room where the bridegroom and bride, because they were beautiful pictures all on the wall. So, you know, some of us may have heard of Raja Ravi Verma, but there are a lot of people who would know the Mona Lisa or, you know, Da Vinci, but not know any of his wonderful book, you see. So Mm. that is 
is the impetus. I have felt that as you talked about, you said how important is, is history and art in, you know, in, to inform creativity. Well, mm-hmm. both my recent books, How Many Lines in a Limerick, which is formally technically specific, and mm-hmm. the book on Raja Ravi Varma, which is culturally and historically specific because it's an illustrated biography are about artistic form, right? My RRV book, my Rajaravi Varma book, frames the story in a way that the child who's sort of the narrator is thinking about her own artistic production. So to answer your question, in both books, I'm introducing readers to specific forms of artistic expression, whether it be in art or poetry or history. So I definitely do think it's an important thing to do. That's brilliant to know. And I'm so glad that someone like you has actually touched on to a subject like Raja Ravi Verma because we interact with youngsters aged 18, 20, 21. Many of them may have heard his name, but they're clueless about him. You know, it's only when you Mm -hmm. actually give them a lead or a clue or you show them a picture that they make the association. I'm so happy that someone like you has actually taken on this impetus of writing a children's book for a man who literally is considered the father of modern Indian art. Thank you so much for that. I see that we're kind of short on time, but I just have one more question for you. How many lines in a limerick? I'm definitely going to read your Raja Ravi Varma book. The child in me just can't wait for it. What's next in the pipeline for you? So there's a lot of stuff in the pipeline, but I'm sure we have a couple more minutes. What I was going to say is that you brought up some very important points. And I think we as artists do have the imperative. I I read so much adult literature, but I'm Mm. writing in the children's book space. And a lot of people keep asking me, you know, why is that the kind of writing you're doing? I mean, I do write essays and other things and review book Mm. reviews, etc. But I like it because I think, you know, the next generation are the people who, I mean, these are the children who are going to grow up to make sure their children know who Ravi Varma is. We have to focus on that. Even my first book, which talked about giving stories, was brought out sort of subtitled giving stories, but it was a story in which children were all had different stories of children all over the world who do something special for someone else. And the idea Mm. was that the impulse to give, that idea of philanthropy, is something that can be brought in so easily to children as part of their everyday. And that mindset then becomes part of their life philosophy. Anyway, your question, sorry, is what's next in the pipeline for you? Yes. yes. Well, you'd be happy to know, though I'd love for you not to wait for that, (laughs) is that an Indian publisher has signed a contract with me to bring out an edition of the Limerick book. But it's going to take a little bit of time because this particular publisher, and I'm not announcing names, currently does not focus in the children's book market, but they'd like to launch a children's line and they're interested in using this particular book for that. And so that probably will be in a year at least, I think. Thank you so much. And there is always scope to learn anything that you want to at any time. You just got to put your mind to it. And I must thank you so much for taking on the impetus to actually partake of whatever you love and this knowledge that you want to share with our younger audience. I can't think of, you know, better things to do in the times that we are living today. So thank you so much, Shobha. It's been a pleasure having you on The Expert Hour today. Thank Thank you. you so much, Archana. It was entirely my pleasure, a real pleasure. Thank you.